Charlton Thorpe, you know what to do. <laughs> he does. He does. I say something and then he does it. It's kind of how it works. For a long time, me and Charlton Thorpe. Hey, everybody, I'm Kyle Rizdahl. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. And I'm Matt Levin, filling in for the great Kimberly Adams. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on this Monday, November 27th. Hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving, Kai? Mine was good. The house was full. My mom was here. All the kids were back. We had 14 for Thanksgiving. It was nice. Woo. It was nice. What about you? Uh... It was all right. We we have um, uh, two sets of divorced parents, my my wife and I. Oh, so it's a lot of like driving and then a Thanksgiving meal and then driving <laughs> oh, and then another Thanksgiving meal. And oh, so I've, I've seen enough turkey for quite some time. But it was I good. Hear you. I hear you. Good, good, good. All right. Well, we're going to do what we usually do. Um, some news, some smiles, and then we'll get you on your way. Uh, you get to go first. You've got like a whole raft of things here. Um. Okay, yeah, I always put way too many notes in this document because I'm, I'm not a pro good. like not a pro like you, Kai. Um, you, you know my rule about being on the radio. Have I told you my rule about being on the radio? No. What's your rule? If you think about how you sound uh, while you're on the air, you're going to screw up how you sound on the air. So don't think. That's just true. Talk. It's true. That's true. It's true. Um, it makes my producers crazy, but <laughs> don't think. Just talk. <laughs> it's very good advice. I wish I knew this before I began a career in radio. <laughs> um, let's start here. Uh, Kai, in your Thanksgiving, did AI come up at all? Yes, repeatedly. Repeatedly. I feel like that was the case at, at uh, multiple Thanksgivings yeah. across the country. What was the conversation? Well, it was, it was, uh, my oldest son is very much, it's going to change the way this entire economy works and it's going to be all to the yeah. good. And another kid was, I don't know. And then, you know, the various in-laws chimed in and it, cousins, and then it went from there. Uh, well, I wasn't really allowed to talk about AI because my <laughs> wife is so sick of me talking about it because I report a lot about it, as you know, on Marketplace. So my, mm -hmm. my news story is um, a follow-up to the uh, open AI melodrama that, honestly, I think people were so sick of the melodrama and then the news I'm mm -hmm. about to share broke late Wednesday that I don't think this has registered to the degree that it possibly should have I think, I think have that's registered. exactly right. I think that's exactly right. Okay, I'm going to take you back, Kai, to um, that story I did uh, where I created images of you um, using AI as an astronaut eating a sandwich. Do you remember that? I do. I do. I don't think it looked much like me, but whatever. <laughs> I think it looked decently like you for, for that stage of AI. This was pre-ChatGPT. Um, and the reason I'm bringing this up is I had a conversation with someone who didn't make the story um, and who only wanted to talk on background, who said there are people in AI who want to, quote unquote, build God. And I, mm -hmm. I went, OK, I'm not quite sure what to make of this, especially pre-ChatGPT, you know, this kind of science fiction in infused um, AI hype. It's kind of like, mm -hmm. oh, all right, not sure how to react. Another way of saying that is creating artificial general intelligence, which has varying definitions, but the workable definition is AI that can pretty much do any economically valuable task a human can do, but better, right? Which is a yep. pretty crazy thing to wrap your head around. Okay. Uh, fast forward to the open AI drama. Sam Altman's out. Sam Altman is then back in. Uh, by the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and then late on Wednesday, when everyone's ready to uh, not think about AI anymore and uh, eat turkey, 
um, Reuters. And I believe the information also broke that the uh, since uh, departed board of OpenAI had received a letter from multiple staff letter of uh, staff members of OpenAI warning them about a significant breakthrough that OpenAI had made. And the breakthrough was something known as Q-Star. Uh, the breakthrough was with Q-Star, it could do math. It could do some elementary school level math. Okay, so why is that a big deal? Right. Anybody can do elementary school level math. Um, ChatGPT famously can't do math very well. Other AI products built on large language models can't really do that. Um, and it is a limitation of that form of AI. And because of that, there's a limitation to how much AI can actually reason or deduce or you know, kind of uh, make logical inferences from, right? If you can get it to, if you can teach it a mathematical concept and then get it to apply those concepts to mathematical problems, that is possibly a road to artificial general intelligence, which is Sam Altman's holy grail, right? He wants to use this stuff to make advances in theoretical physics and make advances in, uh, you know, fields metal math type stuff, right? Um, mm -hmm. I, I am, you know, there is debate back and forth with very, very smart AI people about how big a deal this is. Some people are like, this is so overhyped. Other people are like, yeah, this is a big deal. What I find interesting is that OpenAI has not confirmed this. We have no, the only reason we're learning about this is because of Reuters and the information and the leaks that came because of this Altman controversy. And so the, hmm. the transparency here that was supposed to be a fundamental value in the launch of OpenAI seems somewhat lacking. And I think there's an interesting question as to, well, like if they have made some significant breakthrough here on the road to general artificial intelligence, or I'm sorry, artificial general intelligence, does the public deserve to know? Do policymakers deserve to know? And I think that the lack of clarity around this is, I don't know, disconcerting in some, again, vaguely dystopian way. Uh, I Well, I would submit that it's more than vaguely dystopian. But let me ask you a couple of questions, since you are the subject yes. matter expert on this uh, inside yeah. marketplace. Scale, scale, well, you're inside marketplace, you are. Scale of 1 sure. to 10, how worried are you? About what exactly? Uh, about the... Uh, let's go all the way about the possibility that, that artificial general intelligence could wipe out humanity. Not me personally, not yeah. that worried. Okay. Yeah. How worried are you? Okay. How worried are you about the new board of directors at OpenAI <laughs> and, uh, and yeah. their, their sensitivity to the subject matter that they are now entrusted with managing and overseeing? Yeah, well, I heard you and Kimberly talking about this, and uh, yeah. your your boy uh, uh, Larry Summers. Larry Summers, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, the 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 truth is here is that the originally the OpenAI board was a nonprofit board. I guess technically it is still a nonprofit board. Mm -hmm. And what the Altman controversy very clearly showed was that Microsoft and these other investors really have the power, and that 
commercialization will take precedent on some level over safety um, concerns, right? Mm. I I don't, you know, I do think Altman like legitimately value safety like i i want to make that clear i don't think they're just they have a whole host of headaches in front of them if they don't take safety seriously but in terms of priorities like yes i think like the new constitution of the board makes it very or whatever that will end up being microsoft will i'm sure have a hand in that too it it will it'll be like the board of any commercial entity right except they're developing possibly a technology that could wipe us off the face of the earth apparently so let's get the promo in here, right? I think it's running tomorrow, right? Your piece on, on governance? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right. On what a board so, of directors actually does. What it does. And and we'll, you know, sort of frame it in this context about, you know, some very serious challenges that this board now has, I think. Yeah. Um, that's it's a good exactly story. Right. It's a good story. And, and Matt's been covering the hell out of it for us. So you should definitely um, keep following him. That's all I got to say. Uh, right. Okay. Here's mine. It's a quickie. You ready? Yep. All right. Elon Musk went to Israel today and took a tour of some of the places that were attacked by Hamas on October the 7th. Um, And I'm not sure whether this is genuine repentance or somehow greenwashing uh, his anti-Semitic tendencies. I just can't really uh, decide. And I just I've just wanted to make sure that people knew that this had happened. This is the most powerful and richest man in the world. A co-founder, by the way, of OpenAI. That's right. Um, uh, also he's talking about Starlink and using that to aid people in Gaza. Apparently there's an agreement with the Israeli government now that he's not going to turn Starlink on for Israel and Gaza so that aid works can, uh, it's just a mess. Anyway, um, I, I, I don't know what I think about this other than to say, hmm, this is very interesting. And I'm just, I'm deeply troubled as I think listeners of this podcast are, are aware of Musk's uh, continued involvement in geopolitics, uh, because I'm not sure he's the right guy for that. That's all I got. Uh, That's all I got. Just kind of flipping the perspective of this, I yeah. do find it interesting that, especially recently, we've seen these tech magnates, Musk, Altman did a world tour mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Like, this is mm-hmm. like foreign dignitary type stuff. They're like, why? Yep. He's with Netanyahu. Right. It's It's crazy. Yes. I, to- I totally agree. I totally agree. Look, look, it, it's not like geopolitics and grand strategy are like hard, right? I mean, it, these are difficult problems and you require people with lots of experience to get them done. And it can be very, very delicate. Elon Musk is not a delicate person. Uh, no. And the and I, I just yeah, it's not great. It's not great that he's got all this influence on on geopolitics. It's just not great. Yeah. Also, somewhat ironic that I mean, he got in trouble on his own platform. Oh, and that that platform is not good at civil discourse around very sensitive issues, right? Like it's even Twitter before X was not a good place for this. So it's kind of hoisted on your own petard type thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Charles, let's go. All right, what do you got, man? Uh, Merriam-Webster, this is making yes. me smile. Merriam-Webster yes, it uh, came out with its word of the year this year. And the word of what the year, it? I liked it. It was authentic. Um, really? I'm not sure. Ex- yeah, how about that? I did not know that. <laughs> that's, like some, that's something I would know in the course of my day. I would have seen that. Anyway, go I, ahead. 
I was, uh, yeah, this actually didn't make um, as many uh, headlines as I thought it might. But uh, anyway, their little uh, blog spiel about it, um, a high-volume lookup most years. I think they're referring to how many uh, people look it up on their mm-hmm. website. Authentic saw a substantial increase in 2023, driven by stories and conversations about AI, celebrity culture, identity, and social media. It seems very, very um, zeitgeisty, that word. Very, very. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Literally searching yeah, for well, authenticity. Yeah. <laughs> oh, snap. That's very good. That's very good. All right. Mine is is uh, very less, much less meta, uh, much more frivolous, but <laughs> I think it is a sign of, of late stage capitalism gone completely awry. Saw this in the Washington Post today that Doritos, the chip people, have made, um, I, I can't believe I'm actually saying this. They have made a crunch cancellation software that removes the sound of chewing from voice chat, Zoom, or any call that uses headphones designed specifically for gamers who apparently eat chips a lot when they are gaming. It's basically noise cancellation um, on the input end. And okay, okay. I mean, if that's what we need to spend our time and money on, okay. There we go. This, Can't hear the This crunch. seems like a great use of technology. I'm all for this. <laughs> this is, <laughs> I'm glad they were working on this. This uh, is great. Oh man, I'm not. I'm not a Doritos guy or a chip guy, but yeah, I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. All right, we're going out on that. We're going on the search for authenticity and crunch cancellation software. We are uh, coming up that tomorrow. Is Giving Tuesday, by the way. I'm sure you haven't heard that yet because that's not anywhere. We have a huge, ginormous challenge on the table because that's what uh, our corporate bosses said we're going to do. $100,000. We want to raise $100,000 on Giving Tuesday. $100,000 in 24 hours. If that happens, we unlock another $100,000 from the Investor's Challenge Fund. If you're listening Monday, today, give early. It counts somehow. Creative bookkeeping. Help us get a head start on unlocking these challenge funds. Marketplace.org slash give smart or follow the link in the show notes. $100,000 in 24 hours or longer, actually, if you start today because it counts. You know, it counts. $100,000. Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Berg. Secret today. It's a lot. Today's program was engineered by Charlton Thorpe. Ellen Rolfes writes our newsletter. Our interns, Neil Farsh Bandy. Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. There we go. You still got leftovers, Kai? Are you out? No, we got leftovers. I think I have to make some turkey chili, actually, tonight. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Turkey chili, underrated leftover option. Yeah. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I was spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.